Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these are your notes about what we're going to say. What does it say? It would be a good. (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. (laughs) It's going well. It's going really well. and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Jamie. And today we're joined by Sarah Jafari, assistant editor at Penguin, sole creator and brain force behind Token Magazine, and now a published novelist with her very own book, The Mismatch. Welcome to the show, Sarah. It's really great to have you. Hello, so excited. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. I mean, there's first of all, there's so much we want to uh, talk to you about um, because yeah. you mm-hmm. do so much <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, but let's start off with the novel. Um, so mm-hmm. the mismatch comes out in June in the UK and August mm-hmm. in the US. So with as few spoilers as possible, please um, can you tell us what it's all about? Yes, I will. I feel not that great at the um, the one line <laughs> pitch, but. I'm Essentially, it's a novel about a, it starts with a 21-year-old girl who has never been kissed before, um, and essentially in the story, she wants to get that over with. Um, And then at the same time as this thread, you also have, in the past, her mother's story when she was 21 years old um, in Iran in the 1970s, and her kind of life um, during the Iranian revolution and how, and I think everything to do with her past kind of impacts the Soraya, the main character. And her reasons for not having her first kiss, so it kind of all feeds into that. <laughs> that sounds like the book that I was reading. So <laughs> you get a correct answer there. Yeah, you get <laughs> one hundred points. It, it, it is really great, though. And I, I, just immediately from picking it up, first few chapters, I it's so relatable. Yeah, um, it like the the sequences where she's at the the first job after university and she's like wearing her zara suit and uh, and doesn't really know what to do i I think i even had a zara suit i had a zara suit i think everyone does yeah that was based on real life (laughs) it's the go-to suit it's the go-to suit because it's not designer but it's not too cheap you know (laughs) so you're like oh i'm getting all fancy in my zara suit it's grand (laughs) So that's so that was based on everyone's real life, apparently, but yeah. your real life. Uh, what was the inspiration for this book? Um, there are lots of inspirations. Um, I think in terms of the thread, the thread about kind of graduating and kind of feeling quite lost. I think that was kind of my own experience um, of graduating. I think it's like a lot of people's experiences, but like I, just, I never really saw it written about really like being in your early 20s and graduating and just not knowing what you want to do and just struggling to find a job. I feel that's not really like ever in literature, really, unless I'm not reading the right books. Um, So that was kind of like my own experiences. Um, In terms of like the other strands of the book, like um, 
pretend ever being kissed. I, just, I thought that'd be quite an interesting way to start a book. Um, and I think like a lot of people, especially from like Muslim backgrounds and kind of the feel between two cultures, it can be quite hard to get these moments like you're having your first kiss kind of over with or just kind of like even doing that, it can, you know, it can be quite like a mental struggle. So I kind of wanted to explore that a bit more in this book. Yeah. And is this, is this the first book that you've ever written? No. So I wrote a book when I was um, 15. Um, oh, and it wasn't a very good book. The talent. The talent. <laughs> no. It was, it was like a Twilight ripoff, essentially. Um, okay. so it wasn't It wasn't that, that great. Um, but um, yeah, I wrote that. And then I wrote another one at uni. Um, so this is kind of like the third book that I've written. But it's, a, it's the one that I put kind of most effort into. It actually imagined maybe someone reading one day right okay okay so so being an author has been something that you've been working at for quite some time yeah yeah I think so um yeah since I was a teenager and I wanted to write um and even as a child I kind of I liked the idea of being an author but I didn't actually think I could do it like write a full book felt quite daunting Um, it is daunting (laughs) the only thing I could write when I was little is something about dinosaurs and it wasn't really you know it wasn't really that good at all Thank you. I'm intrigued by it. I mean I meant it to sound really simple, but then I realised dinosaurs are quite complicated. <laughs> 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 it didn't actually sound that simple at all. Anyway, um <laughs> moving on from that. Uh do, do you think um Sarah that being part of the industry has um in a way inspired you to go further with your writing um yeah I definitely think so yeah I think when I began like submitting to agents um I had been working at Mills and Boone um which is a bit different to I think like most trade publishers um but I did find it quite inspiring working with authors um and that kind of did inspire me to kind of go further with it and um, but it is very different I realized once I moved to Penguin and um, Children's that actually like every publisher is very very different um and you have learned a lot through being a penguin. So it would have been quite helpful yeah. as an author to know. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Maybe you could share those with us. Yeah. Those secrets. <laughs> After the yeah. podcast. I'm joking. <laughs> imagine. Um, <laughs> no, you, uh, so you work in children's books, as you said, but the, um, the mismatch is obviously an adult novel. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think you'd ever want to go into kid lit? I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd be interested in going into like YA, I think. Um, yeah. Because I think that first book that I wrote was YA. Um, and I think the mismatch in some ways feels a little bit YA. So I do think that's like an area I'd be interested in. Um, I think actual like middle grade would be quite difficult. I think there's a real skill to it that I don't think I have. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of um, sort of gate more gatekeepers with middle grade as well, mm, because yeah. there's more children. So there's it feels like in some ways there's a lot more protection there mm. to what you can and can't uh, sort of do. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But if you went into YA, so you said that your first book was a uh, Twilight ripoff. Would you be uh, Would you be doing fantasy romance in YA? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. I think that is like always been a genre that I really enjoy and I still think I really enjoy it so I'd love to bring it back <laughs> <laughs> well I look forward to it it needs a revival that genre it really does it really does <laughs> it was a big thing yeah and but then it with all big things in this industry then it creates a big hole it feels mm-hmm. like afterwards where you can no one can do that thing for a while yeah 
Yeah, I, I do think vampires are going to come back properly soon and have a feeling. No, they're always coming back. You can't get rid of them. They were never meant to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. If we can finally get over superheroes, then vampires can come back. That will be great. So talking about your role as assistant, is it assistant editor? Is that your role? At- yeah, yeah, that's the role, yeah. And you're with Puffin, right? Yeah, so it's the um, six plus team um, at Penguin Random House Children's. Um, okay okay mm-hmm. cool uh, so what does that role entail as an assistant editor it's quite interesting at puffin and um, because essentially you do work as an editor um so it's kind of like there's two strands to it so like the one strand is the actual assisting so you do kind of help the editorial directors with their like big brands and um, so you might do some editorial work not in the actual manuscript but more like the things you don't really think about like updating amazon pages and things like that um okay but, yeah, then the other strand is like you do acquire at that level still. So like I have like a list of authors um, that I edit um, and that I kind of work with. So there's that strand as well. That's kind of the job. When you say acquire, mm-hmm. is that that is agents approaching you mm-hmm. or is it authors approaching you? Um, so it's agents approaching um, me. Um, oh. and in some cases, some of the books that I've acquired, I've gone directly to the authors or have heard of the authors like in other spaces and gone straight to their agent and said that I'm interested in whatever they're writing. So I am quite proactive in that sense, I think. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> and what's uh, what's hot right now in that in that industry? What are you looking for? Um, interestingly, I'm actually on a sabbatical right now for six months. So, um, <laughs> so nothing. <laughs> but oh, okay. um, generally, what I would be looking for... Um, in middle grade, I really like like kind of heartwarming, inclusive kind of middle grade stories. Um, so like one book that's coming out this month that I acquired is called Jazz Santos versus the World by Priscilla Mante. Um, and it's about like, it's we're pitching it as like Jacqueline Wilson and meets Bendit like Beckham. Um, okay. <laughs> and I, I really like like things like that. I really like commercial fiction. Um, that's just fun, essentially. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm. Wilson was awesome. She's still she's going. So she's still good. writing so many books. Well, yeah, still got you know, you know, still brilliant. But it was my youth, so I was just like, mm. oh, yeah, reminds me of my youth. I'm old oh. now, so you know. <laughs> back with the dinosaurs. Yeah, back, exactly. <laughs> this is why I wrote a book like dinosaurs. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so for people. Uh, for people looking to get into that side of the industry, the more kind of uh, business side of things, mm-hmm. uh, being an editor is quite a coveted sort of job. Mm. How would you recommend people approach that? Like, what was your way in? Um, I think my way in was a bit more like complicated. Um, it's just very difficult to get into editorial, like as I'm sure, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So a bit like Soria in the mismatch, I had like many jobs before. Um, so I kind of did work. I worked at a law publisher initially doing like sales. Um, okay. And then I ended up doing data archiving at Penguin, um, which is essentially like the look inside the book function on Amazon. I like created that for like half of Penguin Random House's books. Oh, really? it, was quite, it was quite boring. Cool. <laughs> but it was a oh, good okay. way in. <laughs> um, and I also did like a scheme which spread the word, which was like a, it's called the Flight 1000 scheme. Um, and it was basically for underrepresented like individuals who wanted to get into publishing. So it was me and these two other uh, women. We created oh, our brilliant. own like journal online. 
Um, and that was really good experience in like editing people's work. So we like commissioned like short stories and edited them together and put them on like this website. Um, and I think doing stuff like that really helped me get my first job at Mills and Boone, kind of having like things that I was doing on the side. So as well, so as, well as that, I just began Token Magazine as well. Um, and I think having these extra things that I was doing that showed I was interested in like editorial and like storytelling, I think that really helped. So essentially, I think having something um, a little bit different and kind of doing things in your spare time that show that you're interested in editorial really helps, I think. Amazing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, like, first of all, between your own writing, working full-time at <laughs> Random House, um, you've also, as you've said, single-handedly created your own print magazine, which I said is Tolkien. Um, firstly obsessed it's amazing like the artwork is great the artwork's so good where do you find these artists they're amazing they're all so good aren't they Um, amazing yeah yeah i just did open call outs um and people like submit like their writing and their writing and artwork um and yeah everyone's really amazing we're all quite new as well um so it's really nice to like kind of see new talent and a lot of them have gone on to do really big things which is really exciting yeah when when did you start that that uh, project Sarah I think it was like January 2017 okay so quite a while ago now I think yeah. and, and and you have you have no plans to stop I imagine just going to keep going with that um well I did have a bit of a break with it um so I haven't done it for a year now um I think okay because I've got the book going on but I am planning on doing another issue um it'll come out next year <laughs> Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, so it's not like on a on a rigid schedule. It's it's more like when you can get the the people together and you can create an issue. That's when you do it. Yes, yeah, so I used to do it on like an actual schedule, but I think when the pandemic happened, I kind of had a bit of a pause. Yeah, um, so I'm taking it a bit easier now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough because you were doing a lot of things. Let's we, me and Jamie were you like this so lady. Yeah. It's fabulous. <laughs> I'm like. Do you have extra hours in the day or something? Because it, it, it sounds like you'd need them. Mm, like Hermione Granger. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is. No, it's absolutely amazing. The artwork is, is fantastic. And was it, what was the idea for the Mac? Like, where did that come from? Um, it was born, I think, at that point. Um, I think there were loads of talks and, like, publishing about diversity. Um, I mean, there still is, but then I feel like, uh, there were just a lot of panel conversations about it and I kind of just yeah. didn't see much happening it just felt like it was a lot of conversations um and I don't know, I, at this point I hadn't actually got a job in editorial publishing and I just wanted to kind of like do something so I kind of tentatively like did a call for submissions um and then I got like quite a lot of submissions from like really talented writers and artists so I kind of just like went for it but I didn't really think it'd be something that I'd continue doing um <laughs> but it's had such a good reaction also continue <laughs> yeah, it's and they're all sold out we, me and jamie tried to get one they were yeah. like oh it's sold out this is yeah. a shame <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Um, but it's great it's also great for you you know <laughs> um 
do you write articles for it as well? Yes, I always try and write like one thing inside it. Um, yeah. It's a little bit hard when you don't have someone editing you though. Like I find that quite interesting. So like I have to just edit myself because I like do it on my own. Um, I think that can be quite limiting actually. It's always nice to have another eye on things, I think. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because even, I mean, you are a professional editor. So even though you are, you have all the skills to do that, sometimes you need someone who's got some distance from that to uh, to have a look over it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that always really just makes such a difference. I, mean, I, yeah. I think all like editors who are writers as well, you always need someone to just help give editorial feedback. I think it's really hard to see like your own work quite clearly, I think. Yeah, I'm always skeptical of when uh, authors become very successful and then declare that they no longer require editing. And you see their books get longer and longer. And yeah. I'm a bit skeptical about that. I was going to say that, that every time someone becomes really big, their books just become really, really long. Yeah, because <laughs> they're clearly not being edited. edited. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And, and obviously, we're always keen to hear about people's you know, journeys into publication. So we're just wanting to rewind back a bit, um, uh, if you can bear it. So sorry, Sarah. Yep. <laughs> to, um, to when you first started looking for an agent, um, how was that process for you? Oh, the submission process. <laughs> the jaws. It was a, interesting. It was a bit of a different, well, I feel like it's a different one from my perspective. Um, because I'd, I'd done the Faber Academy course, the six-month one. Um, okay. And... In that open day, um, you have agents, like at the end of the six-month course, um, you have a day where you um, everyone kind of reads an excerpt from their um, novel in front of some agents and editors from like um, various publishing houses and agencies. Um, well, that sounds horrifying. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> <really> horrible. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, so vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, it felt really like... It's a really weird experience. I felt like we all just felt really like on edge and a bit like, I don't know, like you're at prom or something. It felt very weird. <laughs> it <was> very <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a way to describe it that would be like a good uh. analogy, but it was just all oh, like we're all really dressed up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I met an agent there who kind of me like her business card and said that she's interested in the book from what she heard of it. It was only like a two minute um thing but they, everyone also got a copy of like an anthology that had like our excerpts in it and our contact details um okay. and yeah that agent yeah emailed me afterwards and I sent her my manuscript um and about a month later she said that she was interested in it um but at that point I'd already submitted to other agents as well so I think I submitted to about five to ten maybe seven I'm not sure but it was around that range <laughs> That's the that's the recommended number that agents will tell you to submit to. So well done. Yeah, there thank you. you. I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have had some rejections, um, but when that agent said that she's interested in it and basically wants to set up a meeting to potentially represent me, um, I let other people know that that was like what happened, and then I got kind of like more interest from that. Um, and I think that that's is always the way it works. Like, yeah. <laughs> In, as an editor, like in publishing houses and with literary agents, it's like one person's interested, everyone starts to pay attention, I've noticed. Um, yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, isn't it? There you go. Yeah, it's like the dating scene. I imagine if you've got so many manuscripts, we might not actually get round to reading most of them. And then when someone says, I've got an offer, I imagine then they will look at it. I think that's sometimes how it works. Um, yeah. Uh, Mm. Um, and then I got 
two other offers. Um, and essentially, I just met with the two, the three agents and kind of worked out who was the right fit. Um, and yeah, that's how I found. <laughs> wow, agent. that sounds like an absolute dream come true really version is. of the submitting process. I think I've made it sound a lot smoother than it, than it, than it was. <laughs> it was quite stressful, actually. Like, um, one of them was was asking for like an exclusive, like even though I'd already sent it to other people, and it was it was quite like I felt quite pressurized in a sense. Yeah, so I think that, that, yeah, that's an advice I would give is basically don't feel pressurized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take don't, your time. Don't feel under pressure. You have the power. Yeah, <laughs> which you kind of yeah, feel like you don't works. when you're submitting. It feels like you don't have the power at all, but you, you do once people are interested. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's so true. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get the attention of these agents so then it, they have the power. But then it, I guess as soon as they're showing interest to you, mm. the power dynamic flips. That is yeah, interesting. really interesting. <laughs> so listeners, write a good book and then you'll get, you know, <laughs> listen to. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. <laughs> you heard it here first. We're going to finish <laughs> we're gonna finish the podcast now so no, That's it. no more episodes over. <laughs> we solved it, we solved um, it. <laughs> exactly. so that sounds like a re- you, you had a really i mean you've obviously written a, a really good book um Thank you. and immediately got a lot of attention for mm. it i imagine the course at faber did you find it very helpful was it was it do you think your writing really elevated because of that course yeah, I think it was really, really helpful. Um, I really wanted to do a master's before I did that course, um, but my like job wouldn't let me go down in hours. So I kind of made the decision to do the Faber Academy course because it's pretty yeah. much the same price as a master's, which is a bit... Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked out, so I guess you can't complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it's so helpful. Like, there's so many things I've learned that I keep thinking about. Like, it essentially is like a master's in six months. Like, you learn... Um, loads of things about novel writing and they had like industry people come in and give talks i think it's really really helpful yeah sounds i mean it sounds like in some ways it's better than doing a master's yeah yeah <laughs> quick, quicker less hours right yeah you can do it after work for two hours yeah <laughs> that's good i think it's each to that well it's like it depends what circumstance you're in like you were saying sarah like if yeah. you're working full time as well yeah. then it helps yeah. you if you're going to go two hours on a night time yeah. and I mean, you did a. Did you do a course, Jamie? Have you done a little writing course? Not yet, but I. I, I you probably it. should. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer. Maybe then I'll write a good book. <laughs> We're having all of the solutions tonight, Sarah. Literally, all of. The... We should have had Sarah on episode one, then we wouldn't have to do any more episodes. <laughs> we should have. We should have. But, but being serious now mm-hmm. yeah sorry serious faces on everyone mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so you, despite being from different departments you work in the children's department is it weird to be publishing through the same company that you work at as an editor it is a bit weird it's interesting because i got the deal the same week i got the job at penguins it wasn't like a i wasn't oh, already wow. in the company and got the deal i thought that would feel strange <laughs> Did did anyone realise that that they'd like double signed you up for stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because Penguin's so massive. There's actually three buildings. So I'm not actually in the same building as oh, um, okay. my publisher. Like, I'm on. I'm being published by the Random House side because they're still separate right. buildings. Um, yeah. And I work in the Penguin side. 
for a How long did it take them to realise that you worked there? <laughs> I told them, I told them quite straight away and they were quite excited about it. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah, because then they can easily grab you whenever they want you. They know exactly where you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess too, I mean, you've given a lot of advice throughout this uh, mm-hmm. this interview, but if yeah. you had any bits of, you know, main bits of advice that you would mm-hmm, give mm-hmm. to yourself maybe like but back when you started first to write what would mm-hmm. they be um for the listeners and, and people wanting to to um embark on the writing industry yeah um for me if I was to give my like my younger self advice firstly um I think one thing I'd ask myself is to think about like where I want this book to sit um and like the positioning I mean I think when you write a book, you don't really think of that as much. It's just like you want to write a book that you feel really passionately about. Um, but something that has come up like a few times during my like publishing journey is kind of like the positioning and like where do I want it to sit? And I think knowing that before you get an agent is really important um, because then you can discuss it with the agency if you're on the same page and how they'll do it because they then pitch it to the publishers based on your pitch, if that makes sense. So I think knowing how you want it to be pitched very early on is really important. Yeah. That's really good advice. And that is advice that only an editor would give. There you go. <laughs> it is very that, technical, really but it does yeah. make a difference because even like the strap line on the front cover, like, you know, if you were pitching it in different ways, it, the strap line would be so different. Like, I think especially with my book, it could be it could be so many different things, like genre wise, I think. Just depends on which publisher is yeah. publishing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant mm-hmm. advice. That's really, really good advice. Um, and that brings us smoothly onto the final question. Mm-hmm. The one and only, if you were stranded on a desert island and were allowed <laughs> to bring one book with you, which book would you bring? It's a very hard question. Yes. <laughs> the no. I'm torn between two books. Okay. I want to say... I think I think I'd want maybe like Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney because I really love that oh, book. Oh, yeah. it's such a good book. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think you could read it over and over and be interested in different things in the story. Um, that's why I picked that over Normal People because I guess that's more of a love story. Whereas Conversations with Friends, I think, has more like interweaving things going on. Yeah. Um, oh, so your two part- choices were Sally Rooney or Sally Rooney. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. <laughs> no my, other, my other option oh, that I was right. considering was Twilight, but I don't know if I still like Twilight. I just think oh, I read it like 20 on. times. Of day. course you still like Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for your YA to come out. Let's go. I know. <laughs> I'm going to run to the store. <laughs> the revival of the genre. Yeah, literally. I'll give you the pre-order right now. Just yeah. tell me what the name is. Yeah, please. <laughs> A proper rip off of Twilight with like please, or an orange please. and a hand or something, it's like a piece of fruit yeah, just and do a hand it for the modern the age. Yeah, exactly. Maybe less problematic. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got like Fitbits on to tell them when they need to, you know, stay awake or something like that. That's something there. Um, but oh, vampires don't go to sleep, do they? Like literally. No, he no. doesn't. He just watch her the whole time. Oh, he, like, God, that's so weird. The window. What a creep. Yeah. Oh, really strange. <laughs> um, oh, honestly, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on yeah, to the podcast. You. It has been so lovely to speak to you, and thank you for all of the advice um, that you've given us, as well as hopefully the listeners. Um, no, thank you. 
Yeah, it's been brilliant. It's honestly, it's been so lovely to speak to you. Um, And if you'd want to uh, keep in touch with what Sarah is doing um, on her Instagram and Twitter, please follow her at at Sarah Jafari. That's spelled S-A-R-A-J-A-F-A-R-I. And if you want to keep in touch with what what she's doing with uh, Token Magazine, and when you bring out the next edition, um, head over to www.tokenmagazine.co.uk. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK. You can follow us on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. And you can find our book list at uk.bookshop.org slash shop slash right and wrong. Thanks again, Sarah. It's been such a treat chatting with you. So lovely. And, uh, <laughs> so well, thank you, everyone. <laughs> and thanks to everyone listening. We will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.